Welcome to Z-Code Sports Betting Podcast, your place where insider secrets, tricks, and systems are revealed to help you become a successful sports investor. Let the show begin. Hey guys, Jake here with yet another Zico podcast. And as you know, we've been absolutely smashing it lately with a podcast after podcast. So if you'd like to be part of the Zico podcast series, don't hesitate to reach out to us at VIP at ZicoSystem.com. We would love to have you on. But hey, that's enough of me talking about that. I'd like to present to you our next guest, Luke. Welcome to the show. And Luke has been very, very successful with his Aussie sports and we are going to talk about this in this podcast he's going to run us through his system and a little bit more so stay tuned I hope you enjoy it and relax and enjoy the show hey Luke great to have you on board for the podcast you've been a stellar member of the Zico community for many years and became quite a bit of a legend purpose of this podcast is to get to know you a little bit better on a personal level so could you tell us where you're from and where did you grow up? Um, I'm originally from uh, the Northern Beaches uh, in Sydney. So um, if you're familiar with Sydney at all, um, Sydney is like a harbour city. So you've got uh, two sides. So um, there's like a strip of beaches that runs up the northern side um, of Sydney. And then, I yeah, I grew up in a little place called French's Forest. So not too far from the beach. Um, yeah. Um, Sydney, Australia. Are you guys in the lockdown right now or getting out of it? What's the, uh, what's the story there now? Oh, look, that's, yeah, that's a big, uh, <laughs> that's a can of worms, Jake, that <laughs> uh, you, you, you might, it's, I don't know, I'm not sure of what political side of the spectrum that you sit on, but um, I'm not absolutely in agreement with um, lockdowns and all of the sort. I've sort of, do believe in um, freedom of people and um, movement and human human rights in general and, and and things like that. So we actually that's part of the reason that um, that we actually live in the snowy mountains these days um, in Australia. So um, that's like the alpine like ski um, area of, of Australia. So um, we're off grid now, like on few hundred acres and whatever and we just sort of keep to ourselves and um for, yeah probably for the last six or seven years we've sort of set out to achieve like a um, self-sustainable lifestyle and uh, largely living off the land and trying to do those things and um yeah like it gives you a lot of time to sort of analyze and do the things you love like um sports betting and obviously i like to be in the garden and um that sort of stuff and being productive and on the farm so um, yeah, we made that move out of Sydney a long time ago. So lockdowns doesn't really um, affect us here. Like it, it never has actually. We, um, we're very fortunate and we laugh a lot, you know, um, because all the lockdowns that occurred um, really haven't changed our lifestyle here at all. Like we have complete freedom on hundreds of acres of space to move around. We've got the literally the snowy river down the bottom that we can swim in and um yeah like we have total freedom so it's um it hasn't affected us at all but that was definitely um part luck and part um sort of following your instincts and sort of being where you need to be you know that sounds really really intriguing and really really cool at the same time because you've set out a goal for yourself and you sort of succeeded in that area because 
well, you're basically sustainable living off grid. And most importantly, what I really like is that you sound really happy about it. Yeah, you, I mean, you have to follow your dreams, Jake. You like you get sort of. I mean, it depends on your other sort of beliefs in in this world. But some people believe you get many, many different lives and opportunities. But in in this particular one, you get one shot to do the things that you really want to do. And one of the mottos, I guess, that we always live by is to do things now. Um, and to why, why would you delay for a day that may never come? You might get hit by a bus. So. Like at the end of the day, like if, if you're waiting for a time that may never come, you're, you're the one that's losing. So if you've got something you want to do, my advice is to go and do that. You know, we started off on a very positive note already, and I really enjoy this. But I'd like to move on to talk about betting. In general, as you can see the pattern of this podcast, uh, we, we're following the general route and Obviously, I'm going to go and ask you about the betting in your region. Obviously, Australia is a very unique place because I remember you guys used to have this ridiculous rule where you have to like call in to make a live bet. Is this still around? Or how does the betting look like now in Australia? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, we we do have the nanny state um, in many ways here. It's sort of it's it's a pain in the ass. It it sort of it makes very difficult. Um, to sort of plan any systems or um, like to do anything really regarding live betting. Like I've tried, I've, I've persisted many times with different things and um, my my findings <clears throat> and they're consistent with, um, you know, news uh, current affairs programs that have picked up on companies like Bet365. They're, they're, they're like master criminals and, and they get away with it even easier um, in, in Australia because of the phone calling. So, um, for example, I think I posted it up probably two years ago when it was relevant um, and, and probably um, I got one of the famous members, Bear, made a few comments on it too, saying that um, he sort of was aware of the situation. And But essentially what they do is their algorithm picks up, uh, obviously, you know, on, on a simple level, it picks up winning bettors. All, all bookies do that. And so, but with the phone calls, it gives the operators, um, the management, first of all, in, gives the operators instructions and then the operators with the phone call it gives them time to <clears throat> delay and um, make you repeat your account number over and over again and all of this sort of drama and um, so if you if you end up winning sort of eight or nine bets in a row they they just sometimes they don't even answer your call so it's um it but, but, well, look, put it this way, Jake, but you're not meant to win, mate. Like, that's that, that's the bottom line. Like, bookie, bookies aren't in this to, to lose money. So they all their algorithms um, calculate winning bettors on a daily basis. And, like, then you get emails like the one I got from um, Unibet, which effectively say that you're limited and then no longer wish to take your business. So you have to be very crafty. Um about these things but yeah live betting in particular is not a venture worth going down in this country in my opinion but you know there might be guys out there that could prove me wrong i'm sure there is obviously you guys have bet365 but do you use any other bookmakers apart from them 
Yeah, look, you've got um, some of the major sports betting companies in Australia. Obviously, you've got Sportsbet. Um, .com.au. Um, I, I'm pretty like I'm pretty sure that um, a lot of the other Aussie guys like Munch, um, he free that um, as well. So you've got some other ones like Ladbrokes is worldwide, but they've got um, an Australian um, branch as well. Um, there's local books as well. Like I, I sort of um, I target local books a lot, um, especially with the Australian sports. Like um, You've got bluebet.com.au. They actually sponsor um, the Penrith Panthers Stadium, one of the um, NRL National Rugby League sides. And then you've got Neds as well. Like um, some of those local books are like notoriously slow. Um, and, and also um, they shade uh, lines dramatically as well. Like if you have <clears throat> what you would consider you have soft and sharp books so you would put sports bet in into um like the sharper kind of category they move pretty quick um and they don't give much on the lines but some of the smaller guys like blue bet um and you can probably find smaller guys again but um they'll throw up uh, a point and a half over the line that um, you would still consider value you know so you're getting a point and a half for nothing on some of those local books and um, they're worth hitting. Um, obviously, the main um, operator in Australia always has been has been the TAB. Um, that's uh, you know they've been around since day dot um, and well before uh, a lot of the online sports companies even existed here. So, um, but yeah, I think that's um, there's been a lot of change um, in the industry as well. Like some of the like sports bets eaten up Crown Bet. Um, and William Hill's disappeared as well. So there's um, there's a bit of monopolisation that goes on, um, particularly in yeah in, in this country. I feel like betting conversations are always very political because I guess the rules around betting also revolve a lot around the rules in the country and those rules are made in the parliament. So it's always very interesting to hear what the betting is like in different countries. Yeah, if you want to sort of get, I can spend another 30 seconds or so on it. It's not overly interesting, but essentially, um, yeah, like government is a nanny state in this country and they're sort of telling people that um, they can't be trusted, you know, so that in in their homes by themselves alone, um, they, they can't be trusted with their own money and then they're dangerous to themselves. So um, that's why essentially it was brought in. And then you've also got um, like a lot of professionals um, in the industry, you know, that don't find it, um, you, you, that know exactly what they're doing with their money and then just find it completely irritating that, um, you know, that avenue shut down for them. So there's a bit of pushback as well um, on the political scene here, but a great deal like as I said earlier, I think there's much bigger issues um, going on at the moment. I, or you wouldn't even get that on page 28, um, even if because it just wouldn't be relevant um, at the moment in the current climate. I'm going to go ahead and ask you the next question. Very standard in our podcast regime, but could you tell me how did you get into betting? Um, <laughs> like, uh, well, I don't know, actually. Like, I was about to generalize, but... Um, for myself, um, and I believe probably quite a lot of other people, um, it's just it, it, it takes your interest. It's like a flashing light, I guess, when you're a younger fellow. And um, 
you know, you, you, I guess you're interested. Like I was interested always because I was um, heavily in, um, into sports, playing them, um, watching just, you know, always very, just in love with sports. It's like I could, you know, um, almost watch anything. You know, I just love human ability and um yeah seeing people do the, do things at the top level it's um always a passion so you can always find something even in the most peculiar sports like um something that's amazing you know some some person that's worked their entire life to um, achieve something and at the top of their game there's always something good to take out of um, someone's ability and so for me, it was just passion. Um, and then from, from there, um, necessity. So um, <laughs> if I had zero money, as you often do when you're uh, like, and it's, this is naughty, but it started when I was probably 17 because um, the, the legal age here is, is 18. Um, but I would uh, drive up to the local pub um, and with pocket money, like change, because, you know, I probably want to, go and go out and do other um, naughty things like you do at that age. So um, instead of having $5, I probably would much rather um, 25. So, you know, I'd spend three or four hours working on, um, you know, like some people call them parlays overseas. We call them multis here, you know, and I'd try and pick sort of four or five legs that I thought was um, reasonably assured and it's not something I do these days but that's where I started so I would spend literally hours pouring through um like you know hundreds of tennis matches football matches soccer match whatever I could find and just limit that down right right down to those four or five and try and hit it and yeah through necessity I guess if you want to go out and do something and you haven't got money so yeah <laughs> And without disrespecting your abilities back in the day, but I'm obviously presuming right now you ended up with losing money more often than you were winning. But prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, you know what though? Like it's it because I, I, I wanted I, I reread the question um, to answer it, and you know when you start to um, take yourself back to places um, that you haven't been for a while um, in your sort of mental state. Um, I thought to myself, what was it that um, I had just hadn't, I had, you sort of reconnected something that I hadn't thought of for such a long time. And I thought, what, what was it that was so successful about those $5 multis? And I, I spent literally 20 minutes trying to think about it and analyse wh why they were so, because I did, I used to quite often win them. And I think it's because... Wow. Um, went yeah i'm legit that's not a lie so it, it i think when you have nothing you, you make sure a lot bloody harder that you get it done and it's, it's i think it's a mentality um and so that was interesting to think about anyway you know just in relation to my you know, current you know sort of oh god how i'm 31 now so that's you know 14 15 years ago so a lot of things have changed as a as a human being, let alone betting. Um, you know, so. <laughs> but it was interesting to go down that journey and, and think about where it started. Yeah, fourteen years onwards, and look where we are on this very very famous Seagull podcast on a yacht, talking about sports, which is really really cool. Obviously, I'm creating this 
is fantasy as we're hiding away in our bedrooms. But let's swiftly move on to the next question, which is to do with Aussie sports. It's fair to say that I'm one of your followers as well. It's fair to say that you're doing a very simplistic job when it comes to your system. You release very little amount of plays, but these plays are definitely generating profits. So I'd like for you to tell us, for a person like myself who's very distant to these Aussie sports and people are thinking like, what the hell are we talking about? Aussie sports, what the hell is that? Could you tell us a little bit about all of these different sports that people play in Australia? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But that's um, I've always had time for this, and this 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 is one of the the things I find fascinating about um, about Z Code and um, quite endearing, you know, like the the international sort of multicultural um, community that we have, and people are often asking questions about it. And I love, I as I said earlier, I love the sports, I I really do, and um, so I always have time for this. So we have. Um, we have NRL, so that's our national um, rugby league. And um, so for most people around the world would know um, rugby, right? Like most people would know rugby union because that's probably the more global um, world, worldwide game. Um, so the main difference is, is um, instead of um, continuous possession like you have in rugby union where you have um, like scrums and rolling malls and um, like um, co constant um, possessions that sort of carry on until there's a turnover, like in rugby league you have um, five tackles, that's it. So um, it changes the game um, completely so it's it, it's quite a fast um game i think that's probably its biggest asset um like on a global sort of level like as far as, as, far as like getting fans um to enjoy the game it's fast much faster than rugby union so um on the fifth tackle you've got a you've got a kick and it's called a set so that's um like a set of tackles and then um you don't have to um kick um sometimes um you know like they'll try and run a play and surprise the other team and run through um but generally a set ends with a kick an attacking kick or a, um, a kick up field um, and then the opposition gets a set and goes again so that's the main difference um, between what people might be more um familiar with um there's less players on the park too um but yeah so there's more gaps um it's faster um I wouldn't for a long time there. I would say that it was more exciting because rugby union went through a phase where, um, like even on an international level, um, it, the, the French and the English in particular, quite boring countries. They were kicking a lot of field goals. One of the famous ones was um, Johnny Wilkinson um, in the World Cup <laughs> a long, long time ago, and everyone hated him because they kicked their way to a, a World Cup. So. Anyway, so rugby league's probably a more entertaining sport, but I'm biased. I love the game. So <laughs> people can people can take from that what they will. Um, the other dominant sport um, here in Australia is AFL. Um, so that's um, like uh, uh, some people might know it as Aussie Rules. Um, that's another name that, that it goes by. Um, Aussie Rules is very much um it's arguably and you'll always find um fierce debate um around this issue because like 
half the country would say that AFL is the dominant sport and the other country, half the country would like to believe that NRL is the dominant sport. So in New South Wales, NRL and or Queensland as well, I would say, um, NRL Rugby League is the dominant sport. Um, and then you've got Victoria, um, which was is predominantly AFL um, and always has been. And then you've got South Australia and WA teams that um, only have AFL sides and don't have rugby league sides um, at this stage um, so it's a bit divided but AF AFL um, I have a love for it too probably firstly rugby league um, but um, my dad was from Darwin in the Northern Territory and he grew up um, with a lot of people enjoying um, Australian rules football AFL so um, I got to grow up with him and um, watch a fair bit of that and develop a love for it too. So um, Aussie Rules is like very uniquely Australian. There's no other game in the world like it apart from perhaps Gaelic football um, in Ireland, which uh, you might know a little bit about. Um, that's, I mean, they have that um, that matchup generally um, every year. They have like a mixed um, rules, uh, like, um, uh, competition between Ireland and Australia so they have like some of the rules from AFL some of the rules from um, Gaelic football and they play like a three-match um, test series so that's um, you know and so they mix it it's in very interesting to watch so that's probably the closest thing in the world that you have to um, AFL but obviously AFLs with a football like a um, egg-shaped ball and Gaelic footballs with a round one so mm. um, it's sort of the roots of Australian rules football are probably Irish, um, like a lot of the, um, uh, uh, like, what do you call them? Like, um, oh, like uh, founding people of the country, like the, the colonials, you know, like people coming over from England and Ireland, like that's, that's the, the founding basis of the country. So they would have brought with them sort of ball sports and those sort of things. But, AFL was developed um, in the heartlands of, of Victoria. So, you know, kicking balls around and making rules up as you go, essentially. So it was like a sort of um, a bit like the way the cities were developed here, like a sprawling set of rules as you go. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So it's a very um, unique sport. So um, rules-wise, um it's very hard to compare to anything else, but um, essentially, you, you, the basis of the, of the game, and God, this is going to be interesting. I don't reckon anyone's ever tried to explain AFL to an international community. It's, probably, it's almost like a comedic sketch rather than an informatory <laughs> session. The main part of it is to kick the ball um, to your own player, and he has to be more than 15 metres um, away from you and if he catches that on the full it's called a mark and he then gets to pause he can stay on the mark um, and he can shoot for goal or he can try and find another player or he can just play on and continue to run but he can't run more than um, 15 meters he has to then bounce the ball um, so he can run another 15 meters or find a player to um, move it onto. like it's hard to explain to anyone like even partners and i know this would be like comical for some some of the australian guys like wives are like probably 
laugh about this sort of thing, saying that it just looks like a, a bunch of ping pong, like sort of <laughs> going up and <laughs> going up and down the ground. But there's a lot more going on than that. There's um, a lot of a lot of sort of um, running off the ball, um, checking. Um, these guys do 33, 34 kilometers in a game. They do like a marathon, sort of nearly the equivalent of a marathon. Some of these guys, they're some of the fittest athletes in the world. Wow. Um, some of the strongest, they can jump like, like NBA athletes there. Um, yeah. I mean, some of them are getting picked up for their kicking skills in the NFL as punters. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's crazy because I've seen people mound on top of another player and apparently this is part of the rules and it's totally legal to do. Yeah. Well, there's, it's funny you say that because you've, um, <laughs> It, Australian sports are savage like that, especially that particular rule, because you've got to get it right. You can't, you can't, it, it's called, and it's called taking a specky. And the reason it's called taking, <laughs> take, taking a specky oh. is, is it's special, right? To, um, to, to put your knees in the back of somebody else, get right up over the top of them, but you've got to take the, the mark. If you just drop your knees in the guy's back and don't get the ball, he, he'll get the free kick. <laughs> So the way personally I would describe it to someone who doesn't know anything about this particular sport is Aussie rules is basically like every single sport you can put together apart from baseball. <laughs> it's yeah. Hard. I, all, all I would say to people is if, if they haven't watched it, um, don't expect to understand what's going on um, straight away. Like, but um, Phil, ask me questions on the wall um, anytime if you're watching and you, you don't understand something, I'll, I'm happy to explain it. <laughs> and you know, from my perspective, when I was placing bets on Aussie rules, and I'm saying was because I haven't placed any in a, in a while, but I used to follow you when you were placing bets on Aussie rules or releasing them on Z codes, and I would follow it. I would definitely watch that match as well, which is very very handy because these matches are taking place during the EMEA as in our European morning hours so you know you just wake up 10 o'clock in the morning 9 a.m or whatever before that and there's a match on for Aussie rules which is great because there's nothing else going on at that time and this would be before I would have my croissant and a, and a coffee and after watching the match I didn't need that anymore because I was basically full of adrenaline. The match would be absolutely bonkers. Like things would be happening on both ends of the pitch all the times. People would be mounting on top of each other, jumping, going absolutely crazy, running 30 kilometers an hour. Yeah, that's the name of the game. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. With all that talk about Aussie rules, I almost lost track of the actual question that I asked you. Yeah, so sports in Australia, like um, for people that don't know what what goes on around here um, it, it, in this part of the world, they're, they're the two um, dominant sports, and um, others would argue that soccer is one of the, the more dominant sports in the country as well. So pe perhaps it is, you know, like A leagues come a long way, um, but uh, tennis and golf, you know, they've always been um, big sports in the country. I'm not particularly into golf; it's never been. You know, I did play actually when I was younger. Um, I don't mind playing the game. Like anything, it's fun to hit a ball, especially in an open park. But 
Um, it's not something I would sit down and watch. Um, I don't watch car racing either, even though um, V8 supercars are famous here. Um, there's yeah, there's certain things that I'm not drawn towards, um, but yeah. It's very good. You stay dominant within your niche. More or less, yeah, yeah. I think I think that makes a big difference. Hey, like um, that's the thing I noticed, particularly with um, you know when I first came to to Z Code. Um, you know, I, I really I did only just concentrate um, on NRL and AFL because that's all I was confident um, to to post up on the wall um, was the things that I really sort of um, know and understand the game. Um, because if anything's taught me something, it's, you know, I endeavoured to sort of learn um, as much as I could about um, American sports, not the rules. I, I love those games too and I know them, but um, there's so many games every day um, and you like to be really on top of those leagues. Like it takes um, a shitload of hours and a shitload of analysis. Like, um, and to catch up to that level um, of understanding particularly with um, like, and I did say not with rules, but yes, in the beginning, that really stumps you up. There's a lot of strange rules in American sports that, um, and a lot of refereeing and a lot of, it just is a different country and a different, um, they, they just go about things in a very different way. Um, so there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of trip ups and a lot of lessons along the way with, um, with American sports. And I think, it makes a big, big, big difference um, if you nut out your processes and um, and what you're doing, and you have a, a sound um, process. The thing that makes the biggest difference um, is just sports IQ and game IQ. Um, just knowing the players, knowing um, staff, coaching, um, all of the in incentive incentivized all the like the motives for um, players and clubs and like that that sports IQ is is really what makes the big difference between someone that um I this is my personal findings like for myself included that's what makes the difference between um having a good process and sort of um you know you can you can win um and I I, I can do that with American sports too I've sort of proved that to myself um over time that was one of my goals to sort of diversify I guess um but yeah, like that makes a big difference, hands down. Sports like you, game knowledge, um, that's what makes the big difference between winning, say, fifty to fifty-five percent, to um, pushing yourself to sixty to sixty-five percent, where you can really sort of um, make some money. Um, that's the difference mm. for me. <laughs> you know, and I feel like we skipped a beat, and I wanted to move on to talk about American sports, which you utilizing your system and unified it as in unified all of the different sports into that one specific system, which is very conservative, very simplistic, as I previously mentioned. But let's talk about Z-Code because you joined the community about four years ago. Is that correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. That sounds exactly spot on. That's what I was thinking. Um, I Yeah, so we... We've been um, we've been off grid here in the Snowies for six years now. Um, so um, I guess after two years of being here, um, we'd set up a few different bits and pieces and got ourselves um, reasonably comfortable. And this was 
like pre-kids. Um, so we had, we used to have plenty of time. <laughs> um, so that was, that was sort of, um, this place is absolutely um, in, incredible. It's um, like, you can't begin to describe um, what the land um, can do for the body and the mind. Um, I think that if you have enough, um, enough, like it can be the basic things for some people if you want to sort of have it at that level, like if you have enough sort of fresh oxygen um, and sunshine and, and, and things like that. Um, but for me, it goes to um, a deeper level. Um, so that's a, a spiritual level. So when you're um, comfortable and free, um, you know, largely of um, problematic thought processes, and um, that's where creative license um, starts to develop um, and, and comes in. So if you're um, happy and content, you know, which um, I certainly was when I joined Z Code, um, like, it was the perfect platform for me to sort of um, start to practice, like uh, just share with other people, you know, like be in a place where you can like learn from others as well and sort of diversify, as I said. And, um, but yeah, like this, this place um, is, is probably the driving factor for, for, for that. I wouldn't have been on Z code if I didn't have um, the time, which uh, being in the bush and being on the farm um, gives you, it sort of puts you in a place where you're really doing the things you love. Obviously sports is one of those things. And so you dedicate, you know, yourself some time. Um, but funnily enough, um, the time you don't dedicate is, is also just as valuable. And I think that um, it puts you in a frame of mind where you're open um, to, to exploring ideas um, and like if you're in a good state sometimes like ideas and avenues just sort of arrive in in your head in a creative state and then you're sort of free to pursue those as well because you're not tied up um, with like a day job or um, any other normal things that normal people do <laughs> so going back to talk about your system which is the Lil Leon system and I'm sure there's a different pronunciation and with Australian accent for that. <laughs> You've unified all of the sports into one. Obviously, the NRL was always on top, but you've also started placing bets on NBA, MLB. So could you tell us how the system works and where is this interest for American sports coming from as well? Yeah, I think for me, it's, it's mostly about it's mostly about learning, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm fortunate enough that I'm, I'm not in a, in a position that I, I need to be forced um, to go off and do things that, that I don't want to do. So f for me, um, it, it's always just foremost been about um, learning. And so like I've been lucky enough as well in, in my sort of um, journey to diversify that um, by being sort of um, uh, well, I don't know what you call it conservative or whatever that's true yeah by being conservative um, it's sort of given me a lot like I've been able to feel my way out um, and sort of you know like try and nut out a complete process for what I'm doing you know and sort of explore every avenue um, and yeah I've been fortunate enough to sort of tick it along um, as I learn and grow with it and um, it's nothing absolutely amazing like 
you know, I, I, to be honest, I think the sports trading robot um, probably already eclipsed um, the the total for um, for the little Leon system. So it's um, it's not something that that um that I'm ever going to give up on. Um, I have paused it for um, for now only because um, there's just so many bloody things that I've got going on that um, I, I need to do um, around here on the farm. There's it's just an add to that kids you know like it's um there's only so much time in the day so with um with yeah with a number of things going on i sort of i wanted to free myself up and so that's why i automated um a number of my um sports trading systems to sort of um operate while i can um go off and do other things and on the farm but yeah give it um you know give it a give it some time and um when i've finished a number of things I need to finish around here and I'll get back into it, but um, I won't be getting back into it um, in exactly the same way. If I was to pick that book back up again, um, I think I know, I know enough about what I'm doing now to, to know that I need to put a fair bit more money into it. That's, that's sort of the, you know, I really like what you just said there because with a system like that, you've proven that the results are always there and they have been very, very consistent over the uh, the last few years. So, you know, bringing it up a notch for your personal reasons to take it from perhaps, I don't know, $100 per unit to 1000 or $10,000 a unit, you know, the results are always there. So you're just talking about higher profit margins, basically. It, the thing is for me like the the unit sizes for um for all bets um are, are the same you know always exactly the same flat flat trading so like you can someone that's following me they they could potentially be betting much much more than me i mean I doubt that somebody that's following me is going to be dropping a, a grand on what whatever it is that i'm doing but um <laughs> you'd be surprised <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um yeah, people can make of that, um, make of that what they will, but it, it it's a it's a fine art, and I'm never happy um, with 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 where I'm at. I'm always a perfectionist, and I'm always looking to be better, um, and I'm always going to be searching to be better. And I think I know, um, I know, I definitely know what I'm doing, and but it takes, um, as I said. Um, game IQ, um, and I think you need many, many hours to put into that, um, and potentially, as I said, a fair bit more money um, because I, I know that one of your questions um, surrounds tools um, and um, and what sort of um, like processes that you go, that people go through, um, and I have said this on the wall before, like it, it's it's not. Um, this is no secret, you know, like you can tell anybody this and um, they could still fiddle around for the next 30 years and not figure it out. Like you still need to have a, like a, a strong intuition about what you're doing. So, um, but essentially it's modeling um, like, like, like anything that Z code um, is, is sort of functioning off of it's, it's all to do with modeling um, and computer modeling. So, um, the, the modern sort of computer modeling is, um, 
is AI related, which is sort of the the way the whole world is going um, at the moment. Everything's sort of going towards artificial intelligence. So um, artificial intelligence is sort of, it's, it's called machine learning. So um, basically what uh, the artificial intelligence does is it collect, collects all of the data um, over um, every single match as well as thousands of previous ones. And then it starts to create its own um, odds and its own lines, right? And so um, if, you, if, you're, if, if the algorithm um, has learned that a particular matchup um, presents a, an 8% value or something, and that's probably quite drastic, so it's probably more likely to be 3 or 4%. Um, but it, say the, it believes the line should be $2.20, um, and the, the book, say, has um, $2.40 um, on the board. So um, the, the computer has learned um, in its algorithm that that particular line presents value. You know, and so it doesn't always translate to wins either. You know, so the the, the match can still take whatever outcome that it takes. But according to um, the model, which is going over thousands and thousands of games and simulating them um, over ten thousand times in particular models, it's going to come up with um, pretty like. And this is the thing. No, like other guys have said this too um, on the wall over the years. There's no free tool um, is is really going to get it done, right? And, and so everyone pays for Zcode because Zcode provides um, tools for winning. It provides tools that um, you know you otherwise wouldn't have, you know. And Zcode is not going to give those away for free because um, they're valuable tools for people to use to 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 make money. So. You don't. You can't do it with a free tool. So essentially, like, if you're going to go head on into, and I, I'd love to hear a podcast from um, the butcher because I know that he takes a similar approach. I can I can see in what he's doing that um, he's the, the consistencies in um, what what I've figured out and what and sort of some of the processes that he carries out himself, um, like. When you start to figure out what you're doing, I think it's um, it's not a it's not a Rubik's cube. You just you just you just need to have value, but the tool that you're using needs to be exquisite. And I have a strong feeling um, that some of the guys that um, really really dominate um, American sports on the board, um, I don't think that they're using. Um, anything that you can get anywhere out there. I'm pretty convinced that because um, this is what I will be doing if I go back into this, um, down this line, as I said, paying someone like I did with um, the sports betting, um, the sports trader stuff to code and automate it, paying someone to um, develop my own um, AI um machine learning models you know and they would have to be sports specific so like the big fish out there have got a lot of money um for one and they're able to 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 pay teams essentially of of people to um develop models specific to themselves highly targeted models and have their own information um I think anyone that's absolutely on top of their game is is using their own 
self-funded resources essentially because mm. nothing you can get out there for free is going to give you an edge to have an edge you you need to have either good game iq like like for example australian sports i'm fortunate enough to know them well mm. um or you need to have an incredibly um good model and probably one that you paid for <laughs> yeah funny you mentioned that i just uh just finish a conversation with Mete, who is a data analyst. And, you know, the great thing about the community itself is that people put out the systems and obviously they develop them. They revolve them around data analytics and all of their statistical analysis. So people put out their systems on the Z code wall and then somebody's going to dab in and be like, hey, you can improve here and there. They're not just giving you constructive criticism, but people also jump in and start doing their own analytics and then they say hey i've been actually looking at the system and you know <clears throat> here is my take say what you want and let me know what you think and you just you know there's this interaction between all of the members which is absolutely phenomenal i love it because people improve as they release something so it's always worth putting out something on the z code wall and even if some people may not like it. There will be others who will jump in and, and help out. I've, I've talked about these things before on the wall. Like um, I've, I've sort of said to, uh, I think I put it out there once that, um, and, and it wasn't well received because I think people are frightened, you know, like no one really, like it, despite the fact I feel like I, I, I know, it, it's weird, you know, like we, none of us really know one another, but I do feel like I know half, like the, half of you guys really well so um <laughs> i feel comfortable um in, in the environment um because i've seen the consistencies um in people and um the genuity of um the common sort of more well-known um members of the group so i kind of have like my, my radar on, on on who i trust like obviously if someone had just joined i'm probably not gonna um immediately want to work with them but um <laughs> like yeah so it's sort of i've thrown it out there before that people could genuinely work together and um put these things together but i think people are frightened um i don't know that people are sort of able to um on on a monetary level i, th I think maybe on a cooperative level it could be a different um sort of an idea if we could get sort of people sort of putting things together but again it's this is like if and if, if there's a coder um out there like on on the website that's actually that, that's actually good at what they do um probably apart from the z guy c code lab guys themselves like they're, they're all working on their own things like i know that they've sort of i've i've sort of been the voice of automation for a long time too and they yeah. sort of recently said to me that you know they're they're now looking at doing that down the line and um all that sort of stuff but from uh i'm not sure if z code um would is into in, into ai modeling um, and machine learning perhaps they could um start to um, bring out a different set of um set of models to material like that but it takes money that's that's what it takes jake it takes money mate and i think that um, if you're looking at sports-specific models um, for NFL, say, like I'd probably target the big four, like I like I always would want to, like NFL, um, MLB, NBA, NHL. 
I, I guarantee you'd be looking at upwards of five, six, even maybe eight to ten thousand Australian um, dollars, and perhaps it could get like this is all speculation, but it, I'm guarantee it would be expensive, very expensive. Mm. Everything takes money. Money mm. makes money. I think Zico has a stellar base for AI to be implemented into the systems that already exist. I mean, the likes of line reversal. Yes, it's it's a phenomenal tool. The data analytics are already there. It's you know putting out and gathering all the information. It's been doing that for many many years now. So it's just a matter of implementing a robot which is going to gather that information and learn from it. That's right, and then applying it and then correcting itself. And it takes again, it takes time as well. You got to forward test these things and um, sort of like you know you can't obviously. The longer that a machine learning algorithm runs, the the greater the trust um, that you could give to that, um, given it, you know, like a set of results. So um, everything takes time, time and money. Like even the when I first set out to um, do that uh, sports trader automation, I guess I thought that it might take um, a few weeks or, or, or something. And it ended up taking like, five or six months, you know, like to find someone that you, that you trust to work with and then to um, all of the things that you could never imagine, like um, like the, the, the event names matching up, like um, that was a huge thing, like you, because the, the, the event names on Zcode are not the same as Betfair or, um, or, or the API or whatever. Mm. So you have to go through that for months and months and months of like, tiny little micro changes and updates and working with the guy and then fixing this and fixing that and recoding it to do this and like getting it to recognize that and like it's like a little baby it's like a little like a full-on living thing you know like that you've nursed along you know and everything just yeah it takes time effort and money (laughs) you know you've mentioned a very good point there with machine learning and one thing that came to my mind is obviously the Tesla system, the way the cars are driven by different owners. They're actually beneficial for the company itself because they're, the self-driving system is basically learning from the user experience and it's gathering it in a massive database. You know, these, these machine learning AI cars are actually utilizing each and every single car owner for their own benefit. And if you are a Tesla driver, whether you like it or not, you're basically improving the system by simply driving around. And I'm not entirely sure because I haven't done the research around this, but I would presume that bookmakers are already doing similar stuff with their own personal systems uh, with odds decision making and things like that, you know, all of these things can definitely be implemented when there is data and the data is being gathered. I bet if you could be a fly on the wall while Elon Musk was having coffee, though, you'd find that the people participating in his, to improve his car are potentially being used for far more than improving his car. <laughs> well, data is already the biggest commodity in the world after all, so there we have it. <laughs> oh, it's a big... It's a big thing. I think, yeah, there's there's no secret. I think if anybody out there is sort of wondering where they need to, to be looking, um, that's that that that's genuinely it, um, I, I do believe, unless, like, 
you know, there, there, there might be guys out there that, you know, are able to um, hack the liabilities of, um, of books that have like hacking teams that can get into that sort of shit and, and figure it out. But I think if you, if you're, um, if you're a genuine kind of guy that's doing the right thing, um, that's where you want to be is um, with, with AI modeling. I think that you'll, you'll find an edge there. All right. So let's wrap things up. And, you know, you've told me that you're taking a little step back from sports betting right now due to all the things that are ongoing in your life. But if you were to come back, what sort of a system would you develop? Or are you thinking about anything right now that you may put out in the near future? Um, in the future, yeah, d definitely. Like if I was to go back into that, it would, it would be developing my own models. I think that's something that I've always, like I've definitely interested in. Um, but yeah, it takes a lot of money. So it, it's, it wouldn't be um, something that would happen overnight. It would be a, a, a long um, sort of project. Um, in the more sort of like, and this is the thing, I'm in consolidation phase as well with um, the sports betting robot. I think I, I posted up on the wall the other day that um, sometimes when you try and take on more, um, it can just create um, uh, sort of like operational issues. Like um, I've sort of figured out with the leagues, like I really wanted to get into that, um, into that soccer market, into simple soccer, because um, I, I, it's just historically and it, it just looks like such a solid um system like the this you can always tell with those um with those sports trader systems when you have um consistent rois um and and win rates like for sort of three or four seasons back so it's a trademark of a um of a good system i find and um that was one of them I, I i really have high hopes for that i think that simple soccer will be good um but when you start to open yourself up to shitloads of different leagues and start times it just becomes a, a nightmare to handle you can't sort of ever predict when you're gonna have to, to sort of be there to correct an issue and it was just a can of worms i didn't i didn't want to open up so as i said i'm in consolidation i'm in consolidation phase i'm sort of just trying to have a well-oiled ship and sort of like nut out any last little um, issues with that and just have it smoothly operating while I sort of do what I need to do around here. And um, I doubt that I would have anything new. Um, I, it's sort of a, I know that sounds disappointing to people, but <laughs> at some point you have to sort of um, decide when enough is enough and how many golden eggs you have is if there's only a few in your hand, that's all you need. For, for, you, you don't always have to go searching for more if something's working you know like and also how to do things right i've had my experimentation i've, I've had fun along the way and, and and learned with different sports and what i know is if you're going to do something you need to do it right and if i come back at it it would be the correct way doing doing your own modeling in in that regard that's really great. I'm really wishing you all the best with that. And I really appreciate the fact that you made some time for this podcast because I know it's really right where you are right now. And I'm really, just really, really happy that we got this chance to talk. I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Cheers, Jake. Bye. 
Thank you for listening to Z Code Sports Betting Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show today. Remember to go to iTunes and post your comment and topic suggestion for the next episode. We love to hear from you. See you on the next show. Have a fantastic day.